0: my friends what lays before you is the myriad knowledge of an unfathomable universe join our intrepid remembrances as they explore the heresy as history from deep within the farthest reaches of the great library of tiska we are the heresy grad school so said the war master in his wisdom go forth my sons and illuminate them. Retribution is the most ancient of laws, that first order of primordial justice, that an eye be claimed for an eye, a life for a life, one atrocity heaped upon another in relentless bloody arithmetic. There are those who would say it was bred in mankind's bones, that it is a principle that came before our most distant ancestors even had the words to express its measure. Vengeance is in our nature, and it will not be denied. So has it ever been with humanity, so it was with those who sprung from humanity's stock, so it was with the space marines as the aftershocks of the Great Betrayal and the tragedy of Istvan were joined in the blows of fresh massacre and perfidy at Kalf and Fal and Mars, and in time even those fell echoes were drowned out by the roar of a war that tore like a hurricane across the galaxy, a war in which every life lost was but a drop of blood in a torrent the likes of which had never been seen every life lost cried out for vengeance for retribution lost in this red cataract were great battles and petty skirmishes without number of which only the greatest now remain to the minds of most who lived through those dark years the apocalypse of beta garmon the great titan death the shock of the wolf cull All but forgotten and unknown besides these battles, whose infamy will last a thousand years, lie untold others. Every tragedy crying out for more blood in its turn. It was an immensity of war the human mind cannot comprehend, and yet even within this tumult there were wars fought that were never meant to be known. On those fields fought shades of battle, whose origins and goals were shrouded. Even as their fellows fought, in bold panoply, declaring either emperor or warmaster as their cause, somewhere little more than renegades and marauders, turncoats, byblows, others the shattered remnants of legions and armies spent like tears, the dead yet alive. Within the shadow wars they moved, and with them those who carried the secret writ of great powers, servants of the sigilite, and disciples of the eye alike, working ruin in their wake. It was retribution that linked them all, those who sought it, and those upon whom the blade would fall in payment for their sins. Whether it was vengeance for fallen brothers, for a fallen father, a shattered oath, or simply for the murdered dream of unity in an age of darkness, when all else was lost, retribution was all that was left. All
1: right, welcome back, everybody, to uh, another episode of Heresy Grad School, where we're we're continuing on with our our part two. We'll call this a uh, part two B, where we really want to get into some of the, uh, the meat and potatoes of this uh, section right after we hear the, the, uh, the console Vigilator Sargon Viserys talk, um, specifically like the primary objectives, the secondary objectives, and also take a good look at these little vid captures that they have in, in these uh, pages. So uh, Jason, you want to take it away?
2: Thanks, Pat. Uh, we'll be happy to do so. All right, so with this insertion, today we're going to talk about their primary and secondary objectives going on here. Uh, First off, their primary was the target infiltration and reconnaissance. So uh, I love... uh, Dave and I were talking about this earlier. Dave made a really good point. This little section is put together exactly like a little mission file. With briefings, like we're reading it off of VidSlate and we're getting like little, you know, enhanced, like zoom and enhance, and it's terrific and uh, pretty universally love it here at Heresy Grad School uh, because we are definitely nerds for a good uh, zoom and enhance cliche, right? But uh, our first little box out here is on that primary objective. So, first off, eight squads are being deployed here uh, by Storm Eagle gunships uh, into this wreckage of the fortress moon we talked about last time. Uh, And it's really, really shot to shit Uh, to the point its structural and atmospheric integrity can't even be verified externally. Uh, All of the legionaries being suited up and going in are stuck into a battle hardened or a void hardened. A plate, per standard zone mortalis engagement protocols. And they cut their way in through emergency airlocks at some of the farther bastions of the fortress, uh, specifically because they're trying to avoid any active defenses around some of the more trafficked main hangar bays. So the airlock they cut in itself seems to be undamaged and bypassed. Uh, the station itself, as soon as they get into it, is Pretty rough. A lot of it is attributable to small arms fire. Uh, some definitely, Legionis astardius pattern bolt weaponry, you know, your standard bolt pistols, bolters. Um, but as well, they're seeing some smaller caliber ballistic and energy weapons. And what's interesting here is some of the energy scarring they're discovering uh, is actually unknown to their task leader which I think is kind of an interesting thing here. However, uh, one of the really old Terran veterans, a uh, Sergeant Antonus out of his fourth insertion squad here, uh, actually recognizes them as being very similar to some of the earliest patterns of Martian Volkite weaponry. And if you guys will remember way, way back during the Great Crusade, when there wasn't... Uh, when there wasn't even, you know, designations between the legion sobriquet's, when it was just like the first legion, the third legion, uh, Martian pattern Volkite weaponry was the standard issue armament before bolt guns. So this is pretty interesting. Um, it marks out here, uh, such weapons have not even been issued in numbers great enough to account for the blast marks observed in over a century. Uh, and actually, in this chapter, they hadn't had uh, any such weapons in active service. So it's very odd uh, to see energy scarring like that on this Night Lord's Fortress, because if the Blood Angels don't have any of these weapons in service, uh, a lot of the Traitor Legions
3: probably
2: would not have access to that weaponry either. So, guys, what are we thinking here?
3: Yeah, I I love this so much because it's um, you know, it's it's almost like we're getting our first clue, you know, this in this sort of um mystery novel, you know, we've got a sort of our detective on the scene, right, which is a the console vigilator Sargon Versaris, the Blood Angel who's going in with his, you know, reconnaissance insertion force and um, you know, it's the old guy the Terran veteran who's like, <laughs> right? y- yeah, he's like, no, I've seen these before, but it was a hundred years ago. Back yeah. in my day. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, it even says that in the ninth chapter, um, so the Blood Angels task force that's going in here, they don't even have any of these Volkite weapons left in active service. Um, so just, I love it that we're starting to get the little pieces of the puzzle here and and it's all... It's all done, sort of this first-person, um, you know, accessing files way that that really I think spoke to all of us when we we started putting these these uh, episodes together. But I mean, um, I
1: guess I guess by this point in in the timeline, it would make sense that Volkites are being phased out, and you see more more um, I guess chapters in this case are using plasma and Melta just because they're more easily. Mass
2: produced. Or at least well, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, these aren't even like the normal Astartes pattern Volkite that are being used, you know, by the legions in quote unquote modern days. Uh, these are like the original Martian kind that, you know, were in service during like the very, very beginning years of the Great Crusade.
3: And, and it makes sense that they wouldn't have this pattern available anymore. Right. I mean, Mars mm-hmm. was. Mars was out of it for so long during the heresy um, you know and the other forge worlds might not have been able to produce this type of you know volkite energy weaponry so i think it makes sense that they sort of phased these out as and and went to the the bolt the bolt rounds but um i do it's just it i love that they're adding in this level of of nuance to um, what is essentially the timeline that goes back to the great crusade and the early days of unification, Terran veterans and, um, you know, the original Legionis of and then how they, and now, and now, you know, AK looking back, accessing these files from well into the future, right? After the siege, potentially post scouring. So it's, um, very cool. Very cool.
2: Well, dipping a little farther in here, uh, Varsaris says that he's left one squad here to secure the airlock while the other squads of the insertion teams move further into the station proper. So, a lot of the corridors here are shot to crap, they're littered with debris. Uh, some of this debris has been a ri- uh, sort of arranged to provide makeshift firing positions here. Uh, a lot of these two have been positioned in a way that kind of suggests the defenders have been trying to fend off assaults from a number of different directions instead of just one from the front. And uh, they mention specifically, while it's a pretty complex undertaking, this is definitely a favored tactic for a number of legions, most notably the 16th and the 19th, the Sons of Horus and the Raven Guard. So a lot of corpses kind of scattered around too. Uh, Most are either Astardes from the Night Lords, and they're sort of retainers. Uh, Interestingly, the attacking force must have removed all of their own fallen because they're not finding any of them. Uh, Another sort of alarming fact though, the Night Lords they're running across, uh, due to the state of the bodies they're finding, It's pretty obvious this conflict has been conducted way, way before this insertion team got here. We're talking maybe a decade or more. But even so, the night lords they're coming across are having their progenoid glands removed, most likely by the attacking force. So not only are these mysterious attackers removing their own dead to keep their presence a secret, they're also harvesting the progenoid glands of the night lords that they're attacking. So what are we thinking here, guys?
1: So my thing is, is I know something, but it has to wait until we get to it. Um, but I do find it interesting. I mean, we can at least assume then that that the night lords were probably defending against the, um, not the sons of Horus, because they would have probably been on the same side at this point, even though during, um, even though kind of mid scouring slash legion wars, the sons of Horus were probably some of the most hated um, legion, at least in the eye. But no, it's, it's definitely interesting that they talk about the progenoid, glands being removed, and that'll play a big part coming up,
2: I think. Well, Pat, that is a good point. Uh, if we're talking post-scouring and into like M33 of the Legion Wars, uh, a lot of that was essentially the legions fighting between each other and uh, trying to chase down and exterminate the Sons of Horus. They were not looked upon favorably after uh, what a lot of the other traitor legions saw as them breaking and fleeing. And leaving everyone else out to dry at Terra. Right. But yeah. I don't know. The Sons of Horus are also pretty big dicks. So maybe they're just <laughs> fighting anybody they come across.
1: Yeah, but this is also, I mean, where they are as far as, like, essentially the outskirts of the this system. I mean, the system is even in the outskirts. It, it wouldn't make sense or it doesn't make a logical sense for Sons of Horus to be out that far
3: yeah we're in the outskirts of the outskirts we're we're in we're in the ghoul stars you know here be dragons but um but jason just i i don't want to take anything for granted here right so i know a lot of our listeners are super smart and deep in the lore and as geeky if not more than than we are but if this is not you know your forte or whatever um, I think we need to explain what a progenoid gland is used for, right? Like what what do why do space marines, why do Legionus Astartes, why do they need that?
2: Well, in short, very very short cuz You know, I just had an idea. We should probably do a show at some point in the future about the implantation process. Oh and, yeah. Uh, <laughs> would love that. Right. Of all because I used to have one of those giant pull-out posters that shows like an anatomical breakdown of a space marine and all of like the implant glands and where they end up and what they do. But that's neither here nor there. Uh a progenoid gland is pretty important for uh the reproduction of space marines since obviously we're not kicking space marines out like rabbits. Uh, They're also called gene seeds, but they are one of the last implants uh, surgically implanted in a neophyte to create a new space marine. So, uh, again, in very, very short, it kind of coordinates with all of the other uh, of the implants, and it allows, let's see, don't quote me on this it's been a little while and I'm doing this completely from memory without even a wiki to help me out. But I believe it's two, one placed in the throat and one placed in the chest, uh, one of which is immature. So the mature progenoid kind of helps coordinate all of the other glands. The immature one eventually is harvested, so a single space marine can kind of help create two. One from his immature gland that grows to maturity and is harvested. The other from when he dies, it is taken out and repurposed. If I remember
1: correctly. And again, listeners to quote Jason, don't quote me on this. I feel like the mature one is put in the chest so that it's protected by the, um, by the black carapace. And then the immature is put into the neck. Um,
2: That sounds correct.
1: Because in my mind, I'm remembering scenes of apothecaries um, extracting both, but going Mm -hmm. for the Mm -hmm. neck one first. But um, I
2: could be wrong. But either way, in short, what you need to know here, it's kind of like the biological command console for networking all of the other... uh, organs that are implanted into a space marine to get them to develop and mature properly from a neophyte into a fully-fledged Astartes. So, uh, having them pulled uh, not only deprives the Night Lords Legion of making new Astartes from that crop of gene seed, uh, it also means somebody else is taking it in order to make their own. <laughs> so, uh, Upon reaching the main hangar base here, uh, this is where they find like the greatest concentration of the dead here. There are actually several hundred auxilia and a slightly lesser number of nightlords. But uh, interestingly, the auxilia, and I'm not sure if they're speaking specifically about solar auxilia or just auxiliaries as in like mortal, you know, hangers on and militia of the night lords. But uh, they seem to have been left where they fell, having been slain as they fled. Um, a lot of them have seen to cast their weapons aside, and they're showing massive bolt shell wounds in their backs. Uh, the main hangar bay is actually damaged to hell as well. Uh, Lazz cutters, melt bombs And apparently, uh, from the concentration of damage, they can determine that this is where the attacking force probably entered in mass. There's just this volume of blast markers around the point of ent- entry that show this is probably like the section of staunchest defense from the Night Lords as well. Pretty much all of the hangar bays and all of the storage vaults, you know, for staging areas for supplies around them have been stripped of salvageable materials just way before this insertion team gets here. So, uh, and it was apparently pretty thorough too. Uh, Because from just the complete, uh, you know, clean strippedness of some of these storage vaults, uh, it's pretty clear that whoever was doing it uh, took their time with it and didn't really fear any sort of retaliation from the Night Lords. So chances are, uh, at this point, they had destroyed them so utterly, they didn't really fear any sort of retaliation. And that would be the bulk of their primary objective with this insertion team.
3: Yeah, I think we've just definitely gotten some some pretty big clues as to who's who's conducting this, right? Um, probably either from the 16th Legion or the 19th Legion, and they came in and they were looking for um, not only just materiel, but you know, it seems like they're going after uh, the, the means to, to also to, to reproduce, right. Reproduce themselves. And we don't know why yet, but, um, this is all part of the mystery, right? It's very, very cool. And if you go down to the bottom of that sort of the data slate, you can see some really grainy vid caps of, um, what the blood angels were, were encountering as they moved through. So there's, you know, there's that hangar bay and the, in the bottom left where you've got, you can see that it's been stripped and there's just some bodies lying around. And then the upper right hand, you've got another grainy vid pick of what looks like a dead Night lord, um, But it's, I mean, it's very grim. It's very dark. So.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out from the chest plate what armor that is. That's not. Jason, help me out here. It's got the uh, the middle breather piece and the tubes coming around it. It um,
2: uh, looks like a Mark IV.
1: Okay, so I was thinking the correct thing. I just didn't want to say it in case one of the listeners told me I was wrong.
2: Yeah, because it's got that solid breastplate, mm-hmm. and it's got the cabling branching off in four you know, different cables from that central connector, which right. is kind of Common with a lot of the plates, but um, the uh, cabling with Mark 5 is a little chunkier and a little more obvious. Where Mark 6 has a single uh, plate across the pectorals and then like a secondary plate across the abdominals with a three point cable connector instead of a four point.
0: That's right.
1: And it wouldn't be Mark 3 or Mark 2 because neither one of them had a. I mean, that's almost like a, a, a cod piece directly coming off of the chest piece, or that is actually part of the chest piece. If I remember correctly, both of those had um, actual just metal plates hanging off of it.
2: Both of those are a lot broader, too. Uh, yeah. The Mark IV plate, you can definitely see it's a Mark IV shoulder plate uh, off on the top end there. Yeah, uh, They have that very slim uh, line trim to it. Um, and
1: there isn't really anything of the head, although it looks like it's just a skeleton set. It doesn't look like it actually has a helmet to it. But if you squint and, like, enhance <laughs> and enhance and enhance. Um, but yeah, so just utter wreckage. And, and just, you know, nothing left.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking, speaking of wreckage, uh, excellent segue into the secondary objective here. Uh, which, for the insertion team, is data acquisition. So their final target here on Tenabor is the command spire where the cogitator banks for the entire complex are housed. So just like everywhere else, this is showing a lot of extensive signs of combat. But what's interesting here, uh, it's a large number of remains from night lords and some of their auxilia. But this appears to be more of a protracted sort of engagement Uh, so it might have been where the last of the garrison of the fortress moon kind of made their last stand Uh, a lot of corpses here too seem like they've been killed in different places and sort of dragged uh, from the fighting to either be treated uh in this sort of central garrison Or to allow, like, you know, new troops to move back into the action. So again, those are clues that kind of seem to suggest a protracted struggle for control of the entire area. Uh, With the Night Lords kind of fighting to the last, which is pretty out of character for them. So this is obviously, you know, kind of an important objective for them to hang on to. So... Past the main entry ports there, uh, the insertion team doesn't find a whole lot of evidence of further fighting, uh, save once they get to the very center of the control spire, they find the headless corpse of a praetor of the Night Lords. Uh, There's sort of a lack of collateral damage in the surrounding area, where up until this point, there have been, like, you know, bolt shell craters, energy scarring all over the place. So between that and... That the fact the praetor is headless, uh, it suggests an honor duel conducted that results in the death of the praetor, and maybe that his head was even claimed as a trophy by whoever killed him,
3: yeah, so what what that makes me think of is, you know that this is vengeance, right? This is more than just an opportunistic raid um on a facility that obviously has um material and um potentially other things of value for this this um this force but that this is this is retribution right this is um you know the only other time i can think of right where a head is claimed is on the sands of Istvan 5 right and uh so I feel like this probably um, harkens back to that, right? So it's an allusion to uh, to some struggle that predates uh, this uh, this encounter.
2: Uh, there is a uh, you know a legion out there whose entire motto at this point is uh, what is it? Vengeance is victory. Just a thought. <laughs> Uh, as we move into the second half here. So, the cogitator banks here are showing a lot of signs of forced access. Uh, Fortunately, a lot of that data is still accessible and recoverable for the insertion team. So, uh, as they search for information relating to where the Night Lords are sort of concentrated in the sector, uh, they're also looking to kind of identify whatever this mysterious attacking force is. So they find the information they're looking for on Nightlord's positions, though unfortunately it's 10 years or more old. Uh, but what's kind of wacky is the station's records are recording a lot of these positions as hostile. Uh, so they're thinking maybe this is sort of a sign of internal strife within the Eighth Legion. You know, they are pretty common uh, to hear you know, events of internecine conflicts. So uh, also, this information they're retrieving is kind of tagged with some telltale signs of having been accessed forcefully, uh, presumably by the force that overtook and sacked the station. So uh, the last little bit we have here is the commanding officer's remarks. So of the station's attackers, all that could be really retrieved were some very grainy photos. Uh, These aren't super helpful, Uh, they are, it does help them identify kind of what they already knew. The attacking force is uh, a force of Legionis Astartes, but they're bearing a completely unknown heraldry of red and black, and the sigils they're wearing are unknown, which is pretty weird at this time. Uh, Of course, there are little splinter factions here and there of like different shattered legions forces banding together. But at least those are, they don't really have their own identity. They're sort of small splinters of other, you know, legions that have come together for survival. Now, uh, two, uh, these images from, uh, paired with uh, sort of the evidence as they're, you know, surveying the base. Uh, This attacking force is not light. It's multi-company strength. Uh, They have at least a full detachment of cataphractic terminators. They've got specialist boarding and infiltration troops. However, uh, the images recorded show mostly Mark II and Mark III plate. Uh, So some of the older marks, where the night lords here, like as we can see from our own, you know, little captures we have going on, are equipped with what looks like newer battle plate. But this uh, attacking force, even though they have older marks of battle plate, like two and three, they're showing a lot of non-standard alterations. Now, while they are engaging and destroying this defending garrison, which was numbered here at over a 1,000 auxiliary troops and about 300 night lords and disappearing, you got to remember this... Fortress Moon was designed to hold a massive portion of the Legion. Uh, It's actually supposed to be uh, large enough to accommodate almost half of the Night Lords Legion. And the Night Lords are definitely, if not one of the largest Legions, they're definitely in the top, you know, half when it comes to Legion sizing. But uh, it's garrisoned by just a thousand... Uh, mortal auxiliary troops and 300 night lords. Now, uh, they can't find any information on where this uh, mysterious force was or its current loyalty. So, unfortunately, uh, the only thing they can really conclude is that even though this attacking force is going after a known traitor legion, it still has to be classified as a potential hazard to the Blood Angels fleet.
3: yeah and and then right below that we get our first look at uh the the dark legion chapter we don't know who um sort of per- perpetrated this strike right and uh it's the first time we get to see sort of some iconography and uh heraldry there in very sort of grainy capture but and I just I love the way they did this it's just so cool um and I think you know it's very cool too that that the the Blood Angels captain still sort of remains um ignorant right he doesn't have access to to sort of the data files so he's just sort of compiling them and the whole purpose of this inquiry that ak is is undergoing here right going back into the archives because that's what he is he's an archivist right for the divisio militaris or some you know entity um in the administratum back on terra some time after this so to me that suggests that you know as the imperium starts to go out and um reclaim lost territory territory that was lost during um the heresy uh, that there's still a lot they don't know. And uh, the reason for this inquiry by the Divisio Militaris is we, we still don't know what happened to the Nostromo sector. And we don't know if we should go out and send fleets out there. We don't know if we should try to repopulate lost worlds. Um, and so they're just accessing these these data archives to try to answer this huge question this huge you know gap in knowledge and uh you know we don't we don't know how many people even know this uh reconnaissance element uh captured some of this um some of this footage so it's very cool it's uh, very uh i'm really excited to get into the rest of it because we uh we learn a lot more but
1: yeah no you did Took the words right out of my mouth, Dave. And again, I'm not going to. We'll definitely be getting into to the who and what soon. One of the things I thought was interesting at the very top of the vid capture is you have that alpha there. I don't know if anybody else noticed it. Kind of reminds me of the Alpha Legion um, symbol just ever so slightly. But. Just a random thought.
2: One thing I thought was a little interesting about that vid capture is they say specifically most of the images recovered show older marks of battle plate, mostly Mark 2 and 3, but this is pretty clearly Mark 4 plate, both the helmet Mm -hmm. and the uh, shoulder pad there.
1: Yeah, it's got the three grills and that angular nose. And Mm -hmm. the yeah, that is interesting. So maybe, you know, this could have been... uh, Whoever uh, had that honor duel with the with the Praetor even, you know, but uh, we may find out later. We may not. (laughs) Spooky. Right. All right. I think that's it for us, guys. But we hope you've enjoyed listening to this uh, second part of part two with us. Um, Jason, Dave, do you guys have anything else to add?
3: um no not really but just uh if you guys have been listening and uh you like what we're doing just let us know um obviously we're trying some new stuff out here uh with this uh sort of this coverage um when we get into the next uh lesson across uh ashen trails you guys are gonna hear um i think at least one new voice so um if that's something that that uh, speaks to you guys. I would love to hear about it. And if, if it's just something that you find distracting or off, um, also please let us know. So, uh, you know, we, uh, I'm sure we won't make Pat stress out so much about it.
1: Woo. (laughs) But no, yeah. Like Dave said, if you guys enjoy the, the different narrators that we're trying to use and, um, or if you don't even like, just, just drop us a, a comment or a message, just so we know, you know, if we're doing something right. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that's it. Thank you for listening. Now fuck off, Craig.
2: Fuck straight off, Craig.